When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In today's show, Bitcoin network hash rate hits a new all-time high of 248.11 exahashes per second, further ensuring resilience against attacks on the Bitcoin network. And speaking of new all-time highs, here's the most bullish chart in Bitcoin, the number of Bitcoin addresses, which is always rapidly increasing, which also hit a new all-time high as well. And as crypto analyst Mikhail Vende Pop shares here, don't be fooled by any move of Bitcoin during the weekend. In the end, the price will come back to CME close of Friday. And as pointed out here, banks will freeze your money when they disagree with you. Bitcoin fixes this, as Dennis Porter shares here. You literally can't freeze a Bitcoin transaction. Freedom of speech at its finest. And he also shares that by the end of 2030, the Bitcoin and digital asset industry will have more political power than the banks and military industrial complex combined. Very powerful words. And as Samson Mao shares here, the case for Bitcoin has never been clearer. The fiat monetary system is a tool for surveillance and oppression. Freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, and even the right to bear arms can be negated when money lacks censorship resistance, privacy, and fungibility. Also in today's show, we'll be discussing El Salvador's Bitcoin law, as well as understanding alternatives to government intervention as Bitcoin mass adoption continues. Also in today's show, here's what's next for Bitcoin and Ethereum after the recent pullback, according to crypto analyst Justin Bennett, quoting him here from a recent strategy session. What it's going to take right now from Bitcoin is a close above the $46,000 area to confirm the breakout, flip that area to support. Now 46200 is going to be key because that's the yearly open. So 46200 is going to be absolutely critical. We need to see Bitcoin close above that to confirm the breakout. If it does and we see a daily close above 46200 then this area, 45600 to 46200 becomes support. And the next stop is going to be fifty to $53,000. Also in today's show, Michael Saylor lays out why Bitcoin beats property as a store of value and what crypto going mainstream would look like. I'm going to be revealing to you the 10 best Michael Saylor quotes from this recent interview. And speaking of Michael Saylor, it was one year ago he predicted that Bitcoin will one day have a $100 trillion market cap. And as Dennis Porter shares here, if you don't think Bitcoin will reach $10 million, take it up with Hal Finney. He called for it over a decade ago. Facts will also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. As you can see, Bitcoin, Ether, and all the major alts are currently pumping and in the green. But where's the Bitcoin price likely to go next? Find out all this plus so much more in today's show. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. 
Alright, welcome back to another episode of Crypto News Alerts. How's it going, Crypto Fam? I'm your host, JV. Holla at your boy in the live chat. Now, the Bitcoin network hash rate has recorded yet another all-time high hash rate this morning on February 12th, further securing the decentralized ecosystem through a growing network of global Bitcoin miners. Now, the hash rate correlates to the computing power required by miners' computer equipment to confirm a transaction. The recent spike in Bitcoin's network hash rate ensures further security against attacks by deterring bad actors from confirming fraudulent transactions. And right here, you can see brought to you by Y Charts, the Bitcoin hash rate over the past year. Now, as evidenced by this screenshot, the network hash rate jumped 31.69% from 188 exahashes per second to 248 exahashes per second in just one day. Moreover, the Bitcoin network's hash rate levels rose 54.33%. Over the past year, and previously, China's blanket ban on crypto mining and trading led to concerns about the security of the Bitcoin network. And as the Asian country contributed to 34 and a quarter percent of the total Bitcoin mining hash rate until June 2021, with miners eventually finding refuge in other crypto friendly countries, the Bitcoin network saw a sharp recovery, eventually surpassing the previous all-time highs. And as you can see here in this chart, currently the miners residing in the United States contribute to the highest terms of the global hash rate of the Bitcoin network at 35.4%. And also a recent analysis from January concluded that the industry players believe that the Bitcoin hash rate will continue to grow. Despite the investors' panic induced by the Bitcoin price roller coaster, industry experts pointed out that the Bitcoin network has become verifiably stronger than ever before. That's right. And as Michael Levitt, co-founder and chairman and CEO of Core Scientific, told Cointelegraph that he fully anticipates for the Bitcoin global hash rate to continue growing at an aggressive price. However, he mentioned that this growth is dependent upon the price of Bitcoin moving forward, along with the success of the infrastructure currently being built. Also like to point out, Max Kaiser says the Bitcoin price follows the hash rate. So will we see a new Bitcoin all-time high anytime soon? Let me know your thoughts in the comments right down below. And also more new all-time highs, the most bullish chart in Bitcoin, which is the number of Bitcoin addresses always increasing rapidly. Let's go. And as Van Day Pop shares here, don't be fooled by any move of Bitcoin during the weekend. In the end, the price will come back to CME close of Friday. So BTFD, buy that freaking dip. As Bitcoin Magazine shares here, banks will freeze your money when they disagree with you. Bitcoin fixes this. And as Dennis Porter shares, you literally can't freeze a Bitcoin transaction. Freedom of speech at its finest. And he also says that by the end of 2030, the Bitcoin and digital asset industry will have more political power than the banks and military industrial complex combined. Yes, let's go. And as Samson Mao points out, the case for Bitcoin has never been clearer. The fiat monetary system is a tool for surveillance and oppression. Freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, and even the right to bear arms can all be negated when money lacks censorship resistance, privacy, and fungibility. Preach. And before I break down next story of the day, and we discuss El Salvador's Bitcoin law and understanding alternatives to government intervention. But first, let's take a quick look at the overall crypto market. As you can see, Bitcoin barely in the green, up 0.3% for the day, maintaining just above $42,500. We have Ether up a quarter percent as well, trading just under $3,000. XRP pumping up 9%, trading at 84 cents. Polkadot up one and a half percent, trading at $19 and Solana 
at 1%, trading at $96.50. But all right, now let's break down our next story of the day. Banking the unbanked in Latin America. In August of 2021, the World Bank reported that nearly half of the Latin American and Caribbean population were unbanked, meaning they had no access to a bank account or other financial services. These unbanked individuals cited the cost of maintaining an account, distance from financial institutions, lack of necessary documentation, and lack of trust among the most common reasons for remaining unbanked. And here in this chart, it shows you the adults around the world without a bank account. Shocking, eh? Now, obviously, being unbanked possesses major challenges, making it difficult for individuals to safely receive payments, save money, transfer funds outside of their communities, or access credit and their credit scores. In short, being unbanked can make it nearly impossible for individuals to perform the daily financial transactions that many of us take for granted. That's why it's so important for Bitcoin to be a legal tender in El Salvador because over 70% of their adult population were unbanked and now they all have access to Bitcoin, which is a life changer. And now they all have access to Bitcoin. Now, understanding government intervention, it's important to make the distinction between impact and implementation. While mass adoption of cryptos like Bitcoin can have a profoundly positive impact on unbanked populations, offering a new alternative for accessing vital financial services will bring forth more than a few ways to encourage that adoption. Now, let's discuss re-envisioning mainstream adoption as many governments across Latin America express their disinterest in accepting Bitcoin as legal tender. We're beginning to envision alternative options for encouraging mainstream adoption from a more grassroots perspective. Here are the five key factors we must consider. Mobile access, education, financial barriers, institutional adoption, and Bitcoin alternatives. Let's start with promoting mobile accessibility for the mass adoption of crypto to take root. Financial technology companies involved in the crypto space must offer mobile-friendly solutions to users. In Latin America and the Caribbean, less than 50% of the population has fixed broadband connectivity, while 87% of the population lives within the range of a 4G signal. That's a 37% increase in the number of individuals able to access financial services when they're made available on mobile devices. If fintechs can create financial solutions for mobile phones, they can make it more convenient and intuitive for new users to engage with this novel technology. And as you can see here in this chart, it shows the growth in smartphone connections across Latin America. And it's projected by the year 2025, there's over 524 million smartphone users just in Latin America itself. Now, of course, offering educational services is a given and also breaking financial barriers, of course, to begin transacting at all, be it through traditional or technical financial services, users must have basic funds. That's why I love what Najib Bukele did with giving everybody in El Salvador, what, $30 in free Bitcoin to encourage them to use the Shivo app. Now let's discuss encouraging institutional adoption. The final piece of the puzzle is institutional adoption. UBI education and mobile access will only get new users, especially otherwise unbanked individuals. So far, if they cannot see opportunities to transact using digital currencies in everyday life. Now let's discuss branching out from Bitcoin. Obviously, there are other cryptocurrencies that offer low gas fees that can get the job done as far as adoption, but we all know Bitcoin is the king of all crypto and all the other countries around the world are watching right now in El Salvador. It's also important to think local. El Salvador's decision to implement Bitcoin as a legal tender may have emerged in recognition of crypto's potential to benefit huge portion of the country's population, but we cannot expect all countries to follow in its footsteps. The Bitcoin game theory is very real. I think many other Latin American and other impoverished 
Countries that are being taken advantage of by the IMF are likely to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender as the dominoes continue to fall in place. Now, before I break down next story of the day, here's what's next for Bitcoin and Ethereum after the recent pullback, according to crypto analysts. Justin Bennett. But first, let's take a quick look at the overall crypto market cap. Sitting at $1.9 trillion with almost $65 billion in volume in the past 24 hours. The current Bitcoin dominance is 42.3% with the Ether dominance at 18.4%. And checking out the top gainers within the top 100 cryptocurrencies for the week. You can see the gainers in the green. Leo up 29%. KDA up 20%. DFI up 25%. XRP up almost 26%. CRO up 12.4%. IOT up 11.6% and Shiba up 30%. But all right, now let's break down our next story of the day. Closely follow crypto strategist and trader Justin Bennett is mapping out what's ahead for Bitcoin and Ethereum as the crypto market shows signs of uncertainty. In a new strategy session, Bennett says that Bitcoin must surmount a crucial critical resistance level to open up the path to recovery above $50,000. Quoting him here, what it's going to take right now from Bitcoin is a close above the $46,000 area to confirm the breakout, flip that area to support. Now, 46200 is going to be key because that's the yearly open. So 46200 is going to be absolutely critical. We need to see Bitcoin close above that to confirm the breakout. If it does and we see a daily close above 46200 then this area, 45600 to 46200 becomes support. And the next stop is going to be fifty to $53,000. So there you have it. Now, Bennett also says that Bitcoin could potentially retrace before it takes off, quoting him here. But I do also think there's a good chance we can see a pullback into support down here, maybe around 42,000, maybe just below it before we get that move higher. Now, turning to Ethereum, Bennett says that the second largest crypto asset by market cap needs to turn that $3,200 resistance level to support in order to surge higher. Quoting him here, Ethereum has to get above this trend line up here, up around $3,200, maybe $3,250. So it needs to be clear this area on a daily closing basis to flip it to support and expose $3,600. In the meantime, if we were to see a pullback, keep an eye on $2,800 to $2,900. Now, Bennett is also considering the possibility of a bullish pattern emerging for Ethereum, as he shares here. Keep in mind, too, there is a chance if we see a bounce from there, if we see a pullback to this area, 28 to 2900, then we look at what we could be forming here in verse head and shoulders. Now, traders see the inverse head and shoulders formation as a bullish pattern, indicating that a major market reversal is in sight. So there you have it. And to watch the entire video with Justin Bennett entitled Bitcoin Yearly Open, check the show notes below the video in the description. And before I break down our final story of the day, Michael Saylor lays out why Bitcoin beats property as a store of value and what crypto going mainstream would look like, as well as we revisit his throwback prediction from one year ago, where Michael Saylor says that one day Bitcoin will have a $100 trillion market cap. And we also speculate on a $10 million Bitcoin price prediction. But first, I want to remind you to smash that show more button right below this video in the description for a detailed analysis of what's going on in the crypto market. This goes for all 100 plus videos right here on my YouTube channel. Also, some very helpful resources for you to plug into, including my crypto merch store, now live at merch.cryptonewsalerts.net. Also, have a daily letter, which goes out to over 30,000 subscribers every single day. To subscribe, visit letter.cryptonewsalerts.net. Also, have a blog I update daily, which can be found at Crypto News Yes. 
Com. Also, be sure to smash that subscribe button and ring that bell to turn on all notifications and help support the movement. You can also follow me on Spotify and iTunes. And if you're listening to the pod, be sure to check out the YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video. And of course, you can follow me on Crypto Twitter, Facebook, Telegram, and TikTok. So wherever you're at, be sure to follow me there. But all right, now let's break down our final story of the day, shall we? MicroStrategy CEO Michael Saylor talked about why Bitcoin is the best store of value in a recent interview. Soon after vowing to stick with buying Bitcoin, the digital asset, even as it comes under pressure, the noted Bitcoin evangelist also shared his thoughts on digital assets going mainstream and why cryptocurrency isn't the right term. So here are the top 10 best quotes from this recent interview with Michael Saylor. Number one, if you're going to buy any long dated asset, but especially if you're going to buy property and if you're going to buy Bitcoin, if you wouldn't hold it for a decade, you shouldn't hold it. For 10 minutes. Sage advice. Number two, the inability to store your economic energy in the form of property or money over time is an economic death sentence. Number three, property has been the solution. The problem with property is property has a maintenance cost. Property also has a tax bill every year, say 2%, 1%, half a percent. That's the second problem. The third problem is you can't decompose property into a million little pieces, ship it all around the world and recompose the property. So property doesn't serve money very well. It's hard to break off a tenth of your building and buy a car with a tenth of a building. Property, unlike Bitcoin, can't act as money. Facts. Number five, the idea of being able to work for 30 years and save a lot of money. You can't live off the money that you save for the rest of your life. The reason is because the store value was broken. So what happens is everybody is stampeded into risk assets and you don't have to bet on Peloton or GameStop or guess. Number six, the problem with gold coins is that gold coins will only be worth one-tenth as much in 100 or in 50 years as it is today. And the other problem is I can't easily move them around. I want to move $1 billion of gold from here to Tokyo. It takes three months and $5 million. I can't decompose it and recompose it. Number seven, the entire world should shift the dollars in Bitcoin if they can move them on crypto rails at the speed of light. The problem is a lot of people can't figure out how to do that yet. And still a lot of people in the world misunderstand what Bitcoin is. Number eight, so the mainstream application of crypto is it's a savings account in cyberspace for people that have neither the means nor the wherewithal or the inclination to run their own hedge fund. Number nine, Bitcoin is not competing with the dollar. It's not a currency. Noting the definition of a currency is it can be used as a medium of exchange without a taxable event. And number 10, cryptocurrency is the worst term because legally it's not a currency. Crypto money is an intellectual term, but the problem is most people equate money with currency. And so they come down with the same cognitive traps. Crypto property is much better. And here's bonus quote number 11. El Salvador has got a lot of friction because they are characterizing it as currency and not property. If they had simply said, we're going to use the dollar as a medium of exchange, and then we're going to use Bitcoin as a store value. And Bitcoin is property and the dollar is currency. You would have none of those sparks flying around referring to the FUD from the IMF. Now, speaking of Michael Saylor and his bullish price predictions, it was one year ago, he said that Bitcoin will one day have a $100 trillion market cap, even as the price dies when he was interviewed on CNBC's Squat Box. And here's some of the thoughts he had to share. There's a $500 trillion monetary planet and the outer layer is currency. Then you've got stocks, bonds, real estate. There's $10 trillion worth of gold in there, $1 trillion of Bitcoin in there. Bitcoin is going to flip gold and it's going to subsume the entire gold market cap. And then he goes on to share 
share, then it's going to subsume negative yielding sovereign debt and other monetary indexes until it grows to $100 trillion. Once it gets to $10 trillion, its volatility will be dramatically less. He said, as it marches towards $100 trillion, you're going to see growth rates fall and volatility fall, and it's going to be a stabilizing influence in the entire financial system of the 21st century. Now let's have some fun and run some math. At today's Bitcoin price, 42000 500 if we were to hypothetically say Bitcoin 100Xs in price. From here, we're talking about a $4.25 million Bitcoin price. And I don't think that's so far-fetched because as Dennis Porter points out here, if you don't think Bitcoin will reach $10 million, take it up with Hal Finney. He called for it over a decade ago, quoting him here as an amusing thought experiment. Imagine that Bitcoin is successful and becomes the dominant payment system to use throughout the world. Then the total value of the currency should be equal to the total value of all the wealth in the world. Current estimates of total worldwide household wealth that I have found range from $100 trillion to $300 trillion. And with 20 million coins, that gives each coin a value of about $10 million. So the possibility of generating coins today with a few cents to compute time may be quite a good bet with a payoff of something like $100 million to one. Even if the odds of Bitcoin succeeding to this degree are slim, are they really $100 million to one against? Something to think about. Rest in peace, Hal Finney. And now for a quick recap of what I covered with you here in today's show. Bitcoin network hash rate explodes to a new all-time high. We also discuss El Salvador's Bitcoin law and understanding alternatives to government intervention, as well as here's what's next for Bitcoin and Ethereum after the recent pullback, according to crypto analyst Justin Bennett. And we also discuss Michael Saylor laying out why Bitcoin beats property as a store of value and what crypto going mainstream would look like, as well as his throwback prediction of Bitcoin one day having a $100 trillion market cap. But where do you feel the Bitcoin price is likely to go next? Let me know in the comments right down below.